Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? Killing it, buddy. Just killing it. How about you? I have no complaints. We are here on a Sunday night, and like you have said for 70 weeks, never miss a Sunday show. And I see there you back in notes, uh, which, uh, you know, it's yeah. a- hijacked the show um the last two weeks where you've absolutely stone cold sabotaged me <laughs> <laughs> i would love to, I'd, I'd love to know what's written down on your on your paper um on your oh. note night well that's the beauty of live television it can go <laughs> anywhere right yeah. but just before we get started i think uh that song by fish uh which is a cover I think they've played that song at every fish show Lisa has ever been to. No way. Well, well wow. I'll check with that. But it's <laughs> it's a lot of them. Which is That's incredible. Good. Okay. Yeah. They were at uh, at one of their Mexican uh, summer uh-huh. vacation concerts a year or two ago. Uh-huh. Or three, three maybe. And he forgot the words oh, to yeah. the song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they butchered Haley's Comet this past week. So, I mean, they have a thousand songs. How I love that. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. Well, let's uh, let's get right into it, shall we? Um, <laughs> I can only hope. <laughs> no, you're, I think you're well prepared. So there have been a couple of things. Uh, one thing I'm thinking of in particular was the newspaper article you sent me about somebody put some money into something and, oops, it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the article. <laughs> yeah, and there was a yeah. lovely picture of him holding his newborn child. For, okay, to really in, in, invoke or evoke sympathy for him. Okay, <laughs> what is it? What is it about people that they they think that they can um, put some money into something and have some wicked return? And it's oh, you know what it is? It's because like those. That guy Raul Paul said it's twenty percent riskless. I was that gonna guy. say it's a tale as old as time because you know, like like your favorite, the the lead in the box turned to gold. Yeah, and I was uh, and I was gonna, yeah. but I'd like to say it's it's a new generation, but but it's not. It, it's not it's not a generational thing. It's been going on forever, um, and it's just a new breed of sucker. 
that's that's well, out there. Yeah. Here's a generational thing. It's a little off off topic, but so um, we were sitting outside this afternoon. It was a lovely day in Fairfield County, and and uh, I had uh, middle daughter and youngest daughter with me, and uh, you know it was preparing for the show as usual, you know, talking about makeup and lighting and, and all that and uh, uh, which glasses I was going to wear and okay. that kind of thing. Um, anyway, uh, middle daughter says, you have to excuse me. My phone is down to only 1% charge. I need to charge it. My people. And I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is with you people? <laughs> He's like, What? Is it every right. time I get an email or something from Liam, his phone's <laughs> down to like three percent? Like, what? 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 You, you got someone's got to hit you with the subway or something before you realize? You know, don't you know what? I don't want to know because okay. it'll, right. it'll 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 just corrupt my thinking. Okay. Let's go. Let's go back to the the the. I don't want to call him a schmo. I mean, I just it's just it. It really saddens me, all kidding aside, when you see like quasi-innocent people take life savings. You know, when you see the laser eyes, like those guys or yeah. or Kathy yeah. Wood, man, you can't set them on fire fast enough for me. <laughs> I right? know. But, yeah. but, but, you know, <laughs> so I had dinner. Cheryl and I had dinner with uh, Big E and Tina and uh, Turgut um, uh, last night. And uh, what were we, were we talking about? Something I was trying to think. Kind of, I'm getting older because I'm yeah. losing my train of thought on these things. You were probably uh, bashing somebody buying crypto. Okay, it must have been yeah, something. Yeah, it had something to okay. something to do with that. Web, I'll come back. Web to three it. is going great. Did you discuss that at dinner? <laughs> um, Web three. You mean um, if you don't know where the yield's coming from, you're the yield. By the way, yeah. our our listener who who said that. Yep. Put up a note how happy how it made his week. I got to tell you something, my friend. That one will live in infamy. <laughs> yeah, you, you might have made we made your we made your week or weekend whatever it was. Morris is going to get that on a T-shirt. And, and yeah. okay. <laughs> so uh, in in other news, um, you know what used to be a sister podcast, now a competitor, head to head competitor, the market huddle. Mm-hmm. You can tell just just how they're backsliding because they had a party apparently in Canada where they offered fifty pitchers of free beer <laughs> for people to come and and drink. And, it's very um, generous. That's I mean they must they must be overflowing with funds, um, and they wanted to give back to their listeners. You I, think, I think that's, that's I think it? That, or yes, you, that's or what you I think, think they're trying to to buy subscribers. <laughs> no, I don't no, know. No, no, no. So here's an idea. Um, for them next week or two weeks from now, we're going to have in the, <laughs> the market huddle wet t-shirt contest. Stop, please. <laughs> I want to see that. So it's going to be Kevin Patrick. And um, yeah, I, I'm not going to go any further. Okay. <laughs> that would be rude. Um, yeah. So um, we've been very fortunate. I think, I think you'll agree We've gotten a number of really good questions, comments from listeners, both on the direct email to you or posted on the website. And and some of them really resonated with me. And I thought uh, maybe we could talk about that yeah. a little bit. Um, and 
And I think they center on a couple of things which are similar. Basically, you know, what makes a good trader? Yep. What are the characteristics of a good trader? And how do you put together a good trade for somebody that has access to just sort of the standard type of product that is available to what I would call a retail client? Mm -hmm. um, and I think those are really good questions. And I think that uh, in a large extent, um, over the uh, 70 episodes, I think we've answered them. But that said, I do think it would really be good to go through and talk about it again, because, you know, um, it, it, as you've already seen from the show, I can't remember what I said five minutes ago. So, um, but uh, one of the things, before we talk about characteristics of a good trader, because that's almost less important, is, you know, the idea of a of a trade, right? Now, I want to define trade versus investing. And don't let me forget, because I, I, I have some information I want to go through when we talk about investing. Okay? Mm -hmm. But let's talk about trading. So first and foremost, I think anybody sitting at home trying to make money trading, I think it's very difficult. Uh, I don't really know of any, maybe one or two people who sit by themselves and take money out of the market uh, on a regular basis, enough to call themselves a legitimate trader. Now, for instance, friend of the show, Leslie Harris, is by himself and as an investor, uh, I know has done very well. I think as a trader, he's probably done okay. I, I, I'm not privy to that information, but I know the things he's talked about generally have done well. And and he's an honest guy, and he said he's he's made money trading. But I think he's an exception. Now, sir, you've got a journeyman trader who's been doing it for 35 years and understands the nuances. Uh, I think that works. Okay. He also has something that goes for him, which is what I really wanted to focus on is I think one person standing alone trying to trade, it, it, it's not going to work. I, I, don't, I don't really see it. I mean, I'm sure there's examples. I mean, maybe George Soros doesn't talk to anybody. Maybe Lee Stanley Druckenmiller doesn't talk to anybody. But I, I sure as shit guarantee Howard Marks talks to anybody and everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason being is um, trading, you can say it's a science or you can say it's an art or you can say it's both. And I'm happy to say it's both, but I'm going to put a lot of weight on the art concept. And just like if you were to write a book, you're going to give it to an editor to review and read and try and make suggestions. The benefit of having a trade you want to work on with somebody um, that you like, you trust, you believe in, you're willing, and this will sound kind of gay, but you're willing to be vulnerable. Like, you, like if you say it and they say, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. 
you're not going to be offended. You're going to be like, oh, geez, that must have been the stupidest yep. thing I've ever, right? I know what you mean. So, yep, yep. Okay. So I'll give you a couple of examples. One was several years ago and one is current. The several years ago, um, there were some municipal bonds. We'll call them the J.C. Bradford bonds. And I think the Q-SIP on these things, let me think. Let's go 451913AH. Okay. Now, how do I, how did I, if I'm right, if I'm yeah, right, yeah, yeah. if I'm right, how did I know that? I know that because I spent so many fucking hours crawling up the ass of these things, right? Okay. Yeah. So here's what happened. Illinois issued a bunch of bonds, municipal bonds, and, and I don't know all the ins and outs, but they basically get an underwriter. The underwriter takes it to a law firm. The law firm says, okay, under these circumstances, they're tax exempt. They bless them. The underwriter goes and sells the bonds. The municipality gets the money. The investor gets the tax-free interest, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, tail is old as time, right? Okay. Well, apparently, at some point during this process, somebody, and let's just say, for the sake of argument, J.C. Bradford, fucked this thing up. You got to be kidding me. You with me? Morris is going to freak out. Liam? You, you got me? Uh, uh, yeah. Nah. J, JG, go back. I've got you. J.C. Bradford's. J.C. Bradford bonds. All right. right. They're tax. They're tax exempt under certain cer under certain cer certain right. circumstances. Circum right. I, are we going to be able to recraft yep. this thing? Do you think? Yep. yep. Okay. All right. So J.C. Bradford uh, is going to bring these bonds. The law firm says they're okay, and then somewhere along the process, it becomes clear that J.C. Bradford fucked it up. And it's questionable whether these bonds are tax exempt or not. Okay. Okay. So now you got a bunch of people who own bonds that they thought were tax exempt, and yep. now they may be taxable. So the price of these things drops by like 20%, something like this. And they're floating around. Nobody knows what to do with them. And so our guys, you know, start taking a look at them. Because yep, yep. we have a couple of muni guys. And um, basically, the key is going to be, are these things taxable or not? And for most guys, they don't give a shit. I'm, there's, there's a zillion other trades to do. But these things were tax exempt, and they were trading at a higher yield than U.S. Treasuries. Wow. Okay. So... We got we sat around, we were talking about this thing, and we get the prospectus. We read we read the prospectus, but we're no geniuses. So we go to the local law firm, right? Yeah. To get their view. And a couple weeks later, they come back and they go, Look, the IRS is never gonna 
promise you that these are going to be tax exempt. But based on revenue rulings and stuff we've seen, these things are going to be fine. Wow. Yeah. So we're sitting around and we hear this. And I don't know, treasuries are trading at like four and a half or five. These things might have been six or seven. Okay. Yeah. So when we get the green light, and I probably have this letter from the law firm somewhere to this yeah, day. Yeah. We went out and we bought every last fucking one of these things. I mean, to the point that not only was my desk full. Yeah, yeah. Not only was MB Sachs Inc. full. <laughs> everybody on my desk in their personal account was owned them out the ass. And then our partners who ran the firm with us, it's yeah. like, we just bought every last one of these things. Wow. And, you know, they be mm-hmm. booped around for a few months. And then a couple other guys started getting wind. And the next thing, you know, you know, old Jed's a millionaire. <laughs> and so, uh, why, why do I talk about that? I talk about that because you, you had number one, you had, patience to sit around and wait for something unique okay yep. secondly you had a group of people who were willing to put their back into something and do some research and thirdly when you got the right answer you had the cojones to fucking get out the big bat mm-hmm. you got your fastball and take a fucking cut at it yeah, and yeah, now yeah. that's not everybody's style and and all that, but that that's sort of like my style. Yeah. So as an individual trader, most individual traders, they're probably not going to hear about that bond or they might read about it, but it might not catch their eye. Even if it catches their eye, they're probably not going to bother to start to dig down into the Yep, Even yep. if they dig down into it, I mean, I, we probably spent 50 grand in legal fees. Yeah. And this is 30 years ago, right? Wow. I mean, this was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, that was tens of millions of dollars of profit. Right, right, right. right. So yeah. that's how, to me, a trader gets structured. It doesn't really help the average guy because that's a, that's a, a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, a more recent example, and, and I'll try and do this without uh, getting Uncle Mark pissed at me. Um, so Uncle Mark was out to visit this weekend. <laughs> and he's, uh, as I mentioned, been uh, done a nice job with the S&Ps over the years, or equities in general. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cautious. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you... You don't want to short sell him either and just make it sound like he just buys the S&P, you know? Yeah. Um, the, so he has a philosophy about some seasonality. Okay. For those who aren't exactly sure, seasonality would be something like the price of turkey and ham goes up in September, October. Why? Because in November, December, you got Thanksgiving and Christmas when the Goyim have their holidays. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, um, so three or four months ago, Uncle Mark says, I, I've got this concept. 
what do you think? And, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't know. Sounds okay. So I go and I get hold of my friend, Robbie wall, who yeah, I yeah. worked with. And I said, Hey, Robbie, uh, my brother thinks, uh, these things sort of happen from time to time. Do you mind going back and digging through the research for me? Cause I'm no good with this computer stuff. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Robbie's a genius with it. And he goes right. and he does it yep. and he comes back and he says, yeah. And he, he, he gives me a market chart with how it's performed and how, you know, this, that, and the other thing is a lot of, a lot of really well, uh, data put together. Yeah. And so, um, it's great. So now we know that Uncle Mark's theory that something happened in the past mm-hmm. has actually happened, a.k.a. backtesting where the crypto geniuses did the million years Yeah. So Robbie in his Bloomberg with his Excel sheet probably watching Barry on HBO bangs the thing out because yep, you know yep. he knows what he's doing and he's mm-hmm. not arrogant like these other geniuses and, but here's the the salient point and this is where old chestnut comes in how do you structure the trade like so let's just say it's as simple as you either want to be long or short this yeah. situation yeah okay. yeah yeah so i sit down with uncle Mark and we start talking through it and we talked for about an hour and you know, you can either go long or short today. Cause I don't want to say whether it's long or short. This Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could either go long or short today and that's it. Or you can contribute 20% today and see if you get a better price or you could buy, uh, some, uh, long dated puts and sell some shorter dated puts, hoping to uh, yep, catch. Yep. So we spent like 45 minutes to an hour going through this scenarios. And, yeah. Yeah. And we still, and we still don't have a conclusion. Wow. Yep. But yeah. You know, how are you going to do that by yourself? Yeah, you can't. Okay. Yeah, you're not doing that in chat rooms or on the phone. You need to be sitting with someone and, and yeah. talking it out. You know, forty-five minutes, an hour. I mean, that's that's every single derivative, every single scenario discussed, and then this and yeah. that, and what. And we best, still yeah. don't have an answer. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But but I'll tell you, I'm going to take a few days this week. You know, I'm guessing, guessing it'll be three days at four hours. Mm-hmm. That twelve hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to work on this for twelve hours, and at the end of twelve hours, I'm going to have a trade. Okay. So now how many hours have I put into this thing? More than 12. Right. (laughs) 12 plus. Right. And when we come out of this, okay, the trade may or may not work, but it's been well thought out, well researched, well analyzed, well communicated and discussed in a comfortable forum right? Yeah. Yeah. That the odds are just so much higher that you're going to get a good result. And, and this is uh, one of the things when people are like, 
you know, trading. I want to make money trading. It's like, I hate to say it, but it's that stupid phrase, the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? Yeah. And and so another, people kind of like the stories a little bit, but so years and years and years ago, and I, if I get this wrong, I apologize, but I think it went something like this. So it's the early part of the 90s, mid of the mid 1990s, and I'm sort of second in charge of the prop group. My partner is in charge of the prop group. He's a level higher in the company than me, but they're moving me along. They want him to do some other things and they're giving me the foreign stuff. And and, mm-hmm. and so it's not at all that he's going backwards. It's he's going up and I'm backfilling, right? Understood, yep. So we had this little thing going on that for most of the time was a cash cow. Like we just sat there and just every day, you know, I, I don't want to comp- compare it to picking nickels and dimes up in front of a steamroller. Mm-hmm. No, that that Un- all yeah, that's yeah. going to do is squash you. This was just running a really well put together arbitrage book. Okay, what was it? Can you can you give me a little hint? No. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I know. I knew it was coming. <laughs> you can ask. I, I can ask. <laughs> I tried, folks. I tried. Okay. <laughs> uh so we hire at this point. I, I I hope I have this right. We fire. We hire Fishman snowboard pal, right? And yep. he's young kid, and he comes and he's sitting to my right, and he's looking at the Bloomberg. And we have a de minimis position in this thing, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's like five thousand contracts, which mm-hmm. at this point, for what we were running, it, like we weren't even watching it. Right. Yep. Understood. So he looks at the thing and he's like, "You got like five thousand contracts of these. How how am I going to get out of them?" And we're like, "I don't know, hundred at a time. I I don't you know whatever. <laughs> that, yeah. That's what I hired you for, right? Right. Right. Okay. Wow. Well, he's a sm- smart kid. Yeah, yeah. Now he's now he's a smart grown man. But yep. um, you know, he did it for two or three months, four months, whatever it was. And it, if I remember correctly, it wasn't generating any profit and i was a little surprised because really bright guy hard working as anybody competitive as hell right and so as the story goes i kind of asked him why we weren't making any money and he said i think effectively well i'm doing everything you tell me to do and or i should be doing it and i think if if I have this right, we went into the conference room and maybe we were there 15 minutes, maybe we were there three hours. I don't know. But we picked apart every element of the trade. And remember a while ago, I talked about the futures, like mm-hmm. you've got the cash today, you got the future down the road, you got 90 days in between. Well, yeah. there's all these little freaking things you got to do along the way, right? And mm-hmm. If you big picture them, people will tell you there's no money in it. If you got every little thing out with the fucking jeweler's screwdriver, mm-hmm. with the loop, staring at every little thing, and you do not miss a blip, you're going to get rich, right? Wow. So I think over the next three minutes, 30 minutes, three hours, 
yeah. I went through this. And once again, you know, you're dealing with a guy that's a sponge. He's just yep. taking it all in. Yep. And, you know, all of a sudden, the fucking cash starts pouring in again. And wow. um, so I, I, I don't know how this relates to telling anyone how to be a better trader other than maybe, you know, just kind of pick the pond you want to swim in and swim Jesus. in that pond. Yeah. And, and so there's a bunch of these newsletters I read. So we talked about Kevin's who I, I hands down triple a guy. If, if I were doing this for a living now, mm-hmm. swear to God, whatever it would take to get him to come work with me, I would get it done. If even if it was 51 pitchers of beer, no, he, he, he gets it. Okay. Yep. And that is high praise for anyone that's, that, that doesn't yeah. know to have, to have this guy want to put you on. Well, the payroll, thank you. You know, yeah, thank you. Um, I, you know, I, I could criticize what some of the things he does, but Hey, none of my yep. business. He's a of successful course. guy and he's happy. And that's, that's, what's important. Right. Different style. Another example. There's this woman, Lynn Alden, okay, rocket scientist, rocket scientist. Once again, if I'm working, right, like whatever it takes. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't know what she earns for a living. She sells mm-hmm. like a newsletter. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you all she's got to do is pick up the phone and she's got a seven-figure salary, Right. And she's bebabooping with this newsletter, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But the but the comment there, and hopefully it won't be spun out into a malevolent one, is there's just too much going on. She's got too many things. She's an expert on all these stocks. She's an expert on the economy. You 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 know, you be the big fish in the small pond, right? Don't be the small fish in the big pond. And uh so anyway, as far as trading, that's kind of, I don't know, clearly yeah. not succinctly put, but uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> What's next on your list? <laughs> well, so we talked about trading versus investing, right? Yep. And you were going to remind me to talk about investing. Okay, so go ahead. You can remind me. Let's talk about investing. Okay. <laughs> so what? Trading. I, so what I have here is some days I'm a trader, some days I'm an investor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's just a function of where the price goes after okay, you buy okay. it. Right? <laughs> all, right, all right. So here is a book that is probably three hundred bucks. It's called the 2021 SBBI Yearbook: Stocks, Bonds, Bills, and Inflation. Jeez. It's an ugly maroon color book. Okay? Yeah. They put it out every year. I buy it every year. And you are a, you're such a nerd. You really are. <laughs> you have I no can't. idea. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm but, really but, just at the tip of the iceberg here. But just to come full circle, okay, in the uh, notes of the, in the beginning of the book where they thank everyone for helping, oh, yeah. Yeah. they mention – Professor Tom Coleman, 
the same Tom Coleman that I would ride the Gimbals ride with while you were maybe maybe even a twinkle in your mother's eye. Wow. <laughs> so he was a, he's a professor at the University of Chicago and he helps with this thing. But anyway, I digress. If you go to the back of the book, and I'll do this for you. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a chart. It's called Appendix C1. And what they've done is you can pick a year that yeah. you invest your money in, and you can pick a year where you take your money out, okay? And it tells you what your compound rate of return is between yeah, those yeah, two yeah. years. Yeah. So what's is is a little trick. You give me two years. And I'll tell you what the compound return is between those two years. 1981. Give me 1981. Give me a second. Okay. Okay, 1981. Okay. And let's do 2019. 11.3%. Per year. Per year. Compounded. Jesus. Yeah. So... Let's take some bizarre years, okay? Because those are pretty easy as a bull marker, right? Let's <laughs> just use when I was born. Sorry. Oh, Good. okay. <laughs> well, yeah, bull market for the world. <laughs> right, exactly. So let's start in 1926. Um, okay. And let's take the money out in 1932. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, you had an annual compounded internal rate of return of minus 3.3%. Wow. Okay. Let's take another year. Let's take 1933 and go to 1941, the beginning of World War II. 33 to 41, you had a return of 8.2%. And you can sit here all day... How about 2001? How about 01 to, how about 2001 to 2008? Okay, let's do that. Just give me a second. 2001 to 2008, you came out with a minus 2.9%. So that's compounded per year, right? Mm -hmm. So that's pretty Mm -hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Because it's compounded, but if you stayed from 2008 to 2020, you're back to seven and a half percent. Interesting. With no, with Nats yep. not taking any money out, that's not putting mm-hmm. any money in. Mm-hmm. That's just reinvesting your dividends, right? Yep. So, um, uh, my friend Robbie uh, built a spreadsheet for me which uh, I'm not going to post. People can do it on their own. But you can put in any date you want, and you can do this yourself. I like having it in a book because it's a book. I don't have to type in. (laughs) Where do you you have the other 40 volumes of that in the house? (laughs) Pictures of sheep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, every year they do a little bit of a different story about dividends or this or that. But it's really just basically to, to get that chart. So, yeah, yeah. In, in, investing. What do we just do? We randomly pick three or four dates, arguably some good ones, 
arguably some bad ones. The results were all over the map, except in the long run, you ended up getting like seven or eight percent, right? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. of course, I discovered this when I'm about to become 62. <laughs> uh, awesome. Right. <laughs> um, I would say, though, that um, given what I've been able to earn, I'd probably beat that a bit, a bit, but it was a lot of work. Yeah, it's a life a life's work. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was my life's work. <laughs> yeah. For twenty basis points. There you have it, folks. <laughs> yeah. But but that's that's investing. So look, I you know, I was young once too. I mean I was twenty how old was I? I was twenty five years old. I got a bonus. Did I tell you this? I no. drove to Chicago. I, I Okay, so I was expecting to get a ten thousand dollar bonus, my first bonus. They gave me a fifty thousand dollar bonus. Whoa. This is this is nineteen What year is this? What the year is this? This is like nineteen eighty five. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. um so living in Manhattan, newly married, what's the first thing I do? I go buy, and buy a Corvette. <laughs> Obviously. You gotta have one of those in Manhattan. <laughs> so a friend of my father's was a Chevy dealer. So I called him up and I said, like, I bought like the, the dealer model, you know, because mm-hmm. they wrote the So anyway, you know, Cheryl and I, we come from a vacation. You know, here's my 26 year old hottie. I'm wearing one of these Bjorn yeah. Borg Fila shirts with the gold chain. I can the, only the imagine. Porsche sunglasses in the Rolex. <laughs> And we, oh, hit the, and we hit the Ohio State border at 120 miles an hour. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> A cop is coming by me the other way. It was like fucking Top Gun. It was like two <laughs> Cloud of dust, red lights, sirens. Um, and Ohio, that was the, 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 the window rolls down. There's me tanned with the big fucking asshole glasses. <laughs> you know, Cheryl's sitting there looking, you know, uh, and uh, the first thing he says, license and registration. I don't even try to talk my way out of this thing, right? I'm just hoping it, I'm not cuffed and thrown yeah. in the back. I hand him the thing and he comes back and he says, Mr. Sachs, I will be giving you a ticket today. <laughs> um, where was I? So if you want to be a hotshot trader and that's how you want to roll, it's great. It's great. If you if you want to like have like a normal job and a normal life and, and make your parents proud of you, don't put your savings like that surgeon did, right? <laughs> the guy, surgeon, $177,000. He put it in the dipshit coin or whatever it was. People's, people's bodies. He's, you know, yeah, that's, that's someone of a person of, of high, a high degree of responsibility in my, in my opinion. <laughs> With my luck, something, Stop. I'll be in Massachusetts. <laughs> I'll be in an operating room yeah. and the guy will be like, yeah, I'm about at to the... put you under. Do you have any questions? I'm like, you didn't buy any fucking Luna card. 
You're not long, Luna. Hopefully the doctor has no clue what Luna is and says, yeah, go to sleep, Mr. Sachs. Okay. What is it with these doctors, dentists, and lawyers? They don't know oh, what stop. to do with their money. They don't know what to do with their money. So uh, last weekend I got invited to somebody's uh, uh, 50th birthday party. I think it was mm-hmm. 50. Okay. And he lives up in North Salem, mm-hmm. and he's got a uh, a really nice place up there. Uh, and there's like a little pond. Nice. And so he's got a little boat on the pond, so we all get on the boat, and we're floating around and drinking mm-hmm. margaritas. Not mm-hmm. me, because I'm mm-hmm. clean and sober. But yep. And so anyway, one of these guys, uh, older guy, a guy a little older than me, says, uh, what, what do you do for a living? And I said, oh, I'm a kind of a retired finance guy. And I think I've told you how I make a point of not asking people what they do, right? And that's twice that, I, that I'm disappointed that you don't interest, introduce yourself as podcast host. <laughs> I, I, have a po- I have a show. <laughs> retired finance guy. Nobody wants to hear a retired finance guy. I have a very popular radio show. So, um, being nice, I say, oh, what do you do for a living? And he's like all puffed up. And he's like, well, you know, I I work on the virus stuff. And we were figuring out ways to provide really inexpensive ways to give a vaccine for people. And now I'm working on the monkeypox thing. And this is a couple weeks ago. And I said, I've heard about that. And he goes, yeah. Yeah. I said, is that the one where humans start taking their own feces and throwing it at other humans? <laughs> I, the guy didn't fucking blink. I was, I was going to say. Didn't, I didn't get a harump out of that guy. Not even a smirk, nothing. Just nothing. like it. <laughs> I got a nothing. How can That's you not the, laugh at that? I thought yeah, that yeah. was on, right on the fly. That was on. So poor guy, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, it turns out he's got, you know, at least a buck, like a, like a, a buck, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. billion. Yeah, I got it's like, it. It's, it's like I don't know what's going on. What happened to me? It's like this guy. <laughs> I knew that. I I knew that's where we were going. <laughs> you retired too soon. Okay. I never should have stopped fucking working. Exactly. Yeah. It's just I don't it, it happens to, to all the sure. best when they retired. They just you know. Yeah, well, you know, what did you tell me? You don't want to be Willie Mays falling down at center field. Bingo, thank you. Okay. So um, you know how I like these guys, the Gave Cal IS. I know. They burned through all your gold money. They you better you must well, love them. <laughs> it, it ain't over till it's over. But <laughs> this guy, and you know, just to, to be clear. We don't take money. Every subscription I pay for, uh, you know, this is there's no advertising. Um, But I, this guy Didier Darset, never Mm -hmm. met him. I've emailed him twice. I don't know something about the way this guy writes. I really like. Interesting. (laughs) And talk about having me at hello. Yeah. The title of this most recent uh, publication is. World crash ahead. Oh, come on. He's just... <laughs> See, look. Yeah, I'm look, sure. It's, it's, it's yeah. disaster porn. But the funny part about the disaster porn is 
It's everything you and I have been talking about. So the first thing he talks about is the constriction of the money, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about the quantitative tightening. Then he talks about what happens when energy prices spike, right? When? When? I mean, it's happening today as we speak. Energy prices. I mean, it is coming, man. It's here. Gas, electricity, it's it's here, but like nobody's paying attention. I saw somebody say this week that Americans might not care until it hits $10 a gallon. Yeah. That that's when it'll stop them going to the Jersey Shore. Not a, not a chance. That ain't even close. You hit, you don't, you don't even need to see seven. Okay. You think so? I, I'm convinced of it. Everyone's, you know, they everyone knows how it's going to go and they put these numbers on it. Forget it. You saw this thing I sent you. I wasn't able to get it up, but the lowest quartile of people have burned through all of the the stimmy checks. Yep. Nobody's got any money. Nope. Nope. So I went from rich to poor just in the past month. I was in just in the last three three months. I went from like. (sighs) Rich is king rich to this week. I was like, wow, $200 to fill the truck. We can't even drive up to Morris's house. We're going to ride the bike. You know, um, I know this is merely a negotiating <laughs> tactic as your contract is up for renewal, but I just won't, be, I just won't hear of it. <laughs> you know, you know, my brother sent me a picture years ago. It's from, it's a wonderful life. It's like a Potter with Jimmy Stewart, you know, George Bailey, whose ship has come in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, brother. Um, so, yeah, I urge caution. This, by yeah. the way, I, I, I think um, this is one of those things I was talking to Big Ed about, like why I think the, the uh, Bitcoin, the stuff's coming to an end is uh, – you're starting to see the lawsuits, right? And by the way, by the way, in one of those articles you sent me, the guy is being represented by Morrison Cohn, the law firm in New York. Okay. <laughs> now I've used them twice to represent me. And trust me when I tell you, even if he gets a hundred cents back on the dollar <laughs> after their fees, he's getting nothing. It's so funny you say that because I said to my friend who sent me, I was like, dude, I have no sympathy for him if he still has money left to pay Morrison Cohen, okay? <laughs> you know, so it's it's one of these things. I mean, first of all, what you and I think doesn't fucking matter, right? I mean, right. look, at the end of the day, the guy did what he did. As far as yep. he knows, you and I don't exist. Yep. I, I'm just a little disappointed more than a little disappointed that this government that's become the nanny state has allowed these things to like run amok. Mm-hmm. And so um, the thing I want to point out is Bitcoin is doing this, you know, scratching at the inside of the coffin around 30,000 thing. The reason it's not lower, my opinion is because you've got everyone moving out of these other shit coins, but they still want to be in the game, right? And um, so they're moving into the Bitcoin. And, you know, how long is that going to last? 
it's going to last till they're done moving it and or they discover tethers of fraud yeah Uh, and uh yeah that i think this the shit's going south quantitative Um, tightening help does does quantitative does qt help move that along sure yeah everything helps move it along because you know once again repeating the Mm -hmm. you got the rates right the rates are the rates are going up that is not open for discussion you want to talk about can we get a hundred can i get a hundred point hike in in at the july meeting can they just hurry up and bang them with it can they yeah they won't but it's not but they won't okay no they don't no no they're just going to do 50 50 50 50 50 until until what yeah well to answer someone else's question morris says they're going to hike until something breaks right Right. well what does morris mean by something breaks well something important to many people is going to drop in price to the point people are squealing that's what it means when something breaks. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be the equity market. I think, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of risk in the housing market now because the prices have run up a great deal. And we've seen just, we just mentioned the bottom quartiles out of cash. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think those are necessarily homeowners, but we've seen bumps up, I believe, in credit card debt, aka revolving debt. I think I saw somewhere that people are doing home equity loans. Okay. So now you've taken an asset that's gone up in value and you've levered it. Mm-hmm. And you. One of the rules that the fish fan snowboard buddy and I came up with was, you know, when the feds easing, right, you want to be long levered assets. And when the feds tightening, you want to be flat or short levered assets. And yep. they're tightening. They're, they're tightening, tightening, tightening. Um, you know, is it going to be more than a hundred? I, I don't know, but it's a hundred, and then and then we'll see. I still still believe. All kidding aside, I just don't think this quantitative tightening will be going on in January. It, it just the cycles were too late in the cycle. You're seeing too many things. You know when you're seeing lawsuits show up in the newspaper. When you're yeah. seeing the woe is me stories about the people yeah. losing their life savings, that that's really late cycle stuff. And, uh, um, you know, time will tell, but, uh, you know, it's kind of how it feels to me. So you just, um, you, do you think they watch that equity market? You think the Fed watches that, that? that equity market and gets aggravated when it gets bumped up on, on Thursday or Friday, whenever it goes up or you, is there, you think they have a number in mind? Like somebody mentioned like 3,500, like they're not doing anything until they get to 3,500. I, anybody that puts a number on it. Right. I, right, right. I, 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 I'd, I'd like to think one point I've gotten across. I know to you, but to whether it's the people who listen 
is it's way more about the velocity than the move. Like 20% move over six months, home run. 20% yeah. move over six hours, it's a colostomy. And, okay. uh, you know, I, the, the weird thing is the market has an amazing way of, like, just poking at things. And, you know, like poking your friend in the side until he turns mm-hmm. around and slugs you. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I almost feel like they want to take the stock market down in a big enough way to see if they can get the Fed to blink. I, I, that may not happen, but it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Who's they? Who t- when you say they, it's the market. It's this omniscient being that, uh, it's not just know, Ken Griffin. It's not. It, people keep coming back. And, and, and when we, when we get criticized, uh, which happens, and and I don't mind criticism. I mean, that's part of how you get better, right? But you know, it's like the market's different. You don't understand, and I and I and I thought a lot about that. And and there's different things than when I was young, and uh, so on and so forth. But I went back to confusion of confusions, written in I think 1649. And I, I read a passage, and I, I was going to read it, but it's it's too long to do here. But basically, the guy explained put-call parity. Jesus, yeah. Almost 400 years ago. And yeah. I'll tell you what, how many Bitcoin guys you know, if you say to them, explain to me put-call parity, they'll know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So wow. I, I don't see I to me the whole bitcoin thing is just another way of um of uh confusing people with trades and and having some sort of sizzle that mm-hmm. entices people like yeah give me your money it did, good, it did a good job distracting people throughout the pandemic you know <laughs> yeah yeah. Can you think about those guys like like Tom Brady and, and Matt Damon who who jumped on that bandwagon to to plug that stuff. We I mean we've looked we've oh, gone through the bad. list of celebrities that have gone that's and like bad. you ask your your chart guru to give you a chart like if you bought when Tom Brady told you to buy or if you bought when Matt Damon put out his commercial if you bought whatever that's the Super Bowl we saw right. it way before then but you know if you had bought at those spots which <clears throat> Kevin Moore, Kevin Muir might remind some of his listeners and our listeners that I was one of those people that TikTok the top. Okay, uh, so you're charged. talking about the cover Sports Illustrated phenomenon. Oh yeah, all that too. Yeah, please. Um, but no, just plugging it. Just those those celebrities shilling it. You know, I you know, I've told you this before. I, I'm I, I ran my career a little bit differently, but. I didn't tell anybody what trades I was doing. You like, why in the tell world? me now. You yeah. won't even tell me now. I mean, okay. What the fuck? What the fuck is good yeah. is it going to do you if I tell you what I'm doing? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know. And I know. like Matt, Matt Damon, Tom Brady. <laughs> hey. I, I, hey, hey. I mean, I don't even know that if Tom Brady told me what oatmeal was he liked best, it would matter. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I, like I said to you and Leslie this week, the American public is stupid. I mean, I, I, there is just oh, no other way to put it. I, I have an explanation on this because okay, I've had yes, this discussion yes. with my wife. 
Okay. Okay. This may or may not be politically correct. Don't care. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the shape of a normal distribution. Mm-hmm. Okay. It looks like a bell, aka yep. the bell curve. Okay. Yep. So if on the left you have Albert Einstein, mm-hmm. okay. Excuse me. On the right you have El- I was doing your left. On my right you have Albert mm-hmm. Einstein, mm-hmm. and on the left you have that guy Max, who we <laughs> used to ride with. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Is being the stupidest. Understood. Yeah. So the further to the right you are to Albert Einstein, the more people there are to the left of you towards the stupid guy we cycled with. So when you're a bright fellow like you, people are going to seem stupid because you're pretty far to the right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I mean, I I, I don't know. Is there a better way to explain it? I just wonder, like, I always think in my head, like, like, do, do nine out of 10 of Americans or, or what number out of 10 Americans care about X? So like, you know, like interest rate hikes, what percentage of Americans care about the interest rate hikes tomorrow morning? Uh, 20. What percent? Yeah. The the number N equals the people whose adjustable mortgage is about to reset. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Not a penny more. Yeah. 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 No, people don't yeah. care till it's in their face. And so, you know, the number of like $10 a gallon and they're not because yeah. no, because it's five bucks now and it costs you 200 bucks to fill up the tank. Yep. So if it goes to seven, what's that? 40% more. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now I'm, I'm not good with math, but 40% like more. Or, or 280. <laughs> Yeah, how, yep. you're going to hop in the car, we're going to the shore. <laughs> yeah. The only yeah. good news is, and you know, knowing calculus, there'll be less people on the road. So you'll get there quicker. So you burn a little less gasoline. Better miles per gallon. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. I know, that, I know that, we're that, almost you're, out you're of time. You're a regular optimist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know my life. What have I got to be optimistic about? <laughs> I, I I wanted to mention this. I think it got yeah. fucked up, but my good, good, dear friend, Amir Sadr, uh, teaches at the Conant uh, School, NYU's math mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And he is actually been nice enough to let me speak there to a class, which I, I enjoyed. But he's written a book called Mathematical Techniques in Finance, an introduction. Now, it, it <laughs> it's an introduction for him. <laughs> That's the introduction? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, if you look at this, the only thing I'll tell you about this book that I can look at and I can understand is there's a lot of those little decision trees. You know, it's like start here and you can I can do that. Yeah. 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 But he wrote wrote me a very nice note, which I would like to read. Okay. Yes. To my mentor and friend, Morris Sachs, with appreciation for your guidance and kindness over the years. So to all of those guys out there who think I'm just another fucking cunt rich guy, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I was gonna. You said it. Okay. <laughs> 
So do you think this episode's going to work or do you think we pooched it? Yeah, I think um, I think our listeners will be savvy enough to know and and have the foresight to be able to use that 30 second skip ahead button when Morris, you know, checked out at 15 minutes. So we had a slight technical difficulty. All of you know how to skip ahead. So if you have to skip ahead for 30 seconds, we won't hold it against you as long as you don't turn in the fish. Okay. Are we going to play? If there was more time, if there was more time, I would, I would drag that person that insulted us for being fish fans. Okay, but I won't. All I'll say is that we don't need you. Okay, <laughs> so we're, we we do we do not need you. We have plenty of our own folk that sells out Madison Square Garden seventeen <laughs> nights in a row. Okay, and who do you think gets New Year's at Madison Square Garden for the last <laughs> seventeen years? Okay. Not your little Backstreet Boys or Snoop Doggy Dog, whoever you listen to. Okay, take a deep breath in through the nose. Are we, I'm done. Are We're we out going, of time. Are we going with an outro? I guess next week. That HSBC box, okay, at Madison Square Garden. Give give credit if there's anyone here that listens to the show that's at HSBC. You guys put on a supreme light show and are the envy of every other luxury box which i've been to in the garden during the during msg okay the light show out of hsbc that's hsbc that does the light show right that is just a fantastic uh, job on their part so whoever's uh, I, hsbc I, I, send me an email inside baseballcast at gmail i know they're particularly good at money laundering okay, <laughs> I'll see you next week. If, right, still around. if there is a next week. <laughs> Take